0: 42, blue, 42, hut, hut, hike. This is the Game Managers on WJLX 101.5, America's one and only sports talk show, breaking down college football's biggest games, latest news, and greatest moments. Are you ready? Because it starts right now. Hello everyone and welcome to college football's most prestigious awards ceremony, the annual T.G. presented by the Game Managers Podcast. I am your host, Nick Norris, with me looking dapper in his one-piece tuxedo for this special occasion, Justin Knight. Justin, how are
1: you? Oh, hey, I'm doing great.
0: Good good evening to you as well. Good to, good to have you back. It's been a, been a couple weeks.
1: Yeah, it has been a while, yeah. Been a nice
0: little break from you. Nice. Well, so the way this episode is going to work a little different than our normal episodes. Uh, we are going to give out several awards throughout the se- uh, the uh, the episode today. Uh, some serious, some are jokes. Basically, I'm going to name the award and the nominees, and then Justin and I will each select a winner. Um, and throughout these categories, Justin and I have also sprinkled in some some special awards we have come up with individually as a surprise for each other. So. Uh, neither of us know each other's individual awards, and and those are always always fun. So, um, before we get into all that, let's hope so. <laughs> yeah, let's hope so. We'll get into all that and the news of the week. Though we need to uh, to address something up top. Uh, this will be the final episode of the game managers in the current format. Uh, so, what does that mean? We don't really know yet. We both, Justin and I, we both work regular jobs. I work a few jobs, and doing this every single week just probably isn't going to continue being possible. So, we're going to take a few weeks off. Think about what we want the show to to be, how we want it to change, how frequently we want to record. Uh, so that will be something we will keep you updated on on the game manager social media at TGM Pod, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at TGM Pod. But now,
1: listen: if one of y'all decides to send in like ten grand, we'll keep doing it. Oh, yeah. That's fine. Yeah.
0: Send send us your money. If you start giving us money, listeners, and stop mooching off us for free, maybe we'll keep doing it every week. Yeah. A, yeah.
1: We'll do this four times a month. That's that's so just think about that's it.
0: what we do now. So yeah, that'd be good.
1: Um Yeah, well, well yeah, I guess I was saying I would be here four times a month.
0: <laughs> How about we instead we just do twelve episodes a month?
1: Twelve, yeah, sure. <laughs> Why not?
0: Just just keep adding on. That's fine. No. No, that sounds terrible. Anyway, enough of that, though. Save the tears for later. Let's get into the news of the week. First of all, the Chiefs beat the Jaguars in the divisional round. A hobbling Mahomes re-entered the game after a clear x-ray in the later part of the first half. He was 22 for 30, 195 yards, and two touchdowns. Trevor Lawrence for the Jags was 24 for 39, 217 yards, a touchdown, and a pick. Um, this was a, a, a fun one to watch, a close call for the Chiefs, and uh, not a whole lot getting done um, on the running game for Jacksonville. Travis Etienne did have 62 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Kansas City, though, uh, Isaiah Pacheco he had 95 yards on 12 carries, Jared McKinnon had 25 yards on 11 carries. This was though a battle of quarterbacks in Kansas City, with the great Patrick Mahomes, of course, uh, was able to come out on top with Travis Kelsey being the top receiver, 98 yards, two touchdowns, 14 receptions. Uh, Justin, did you watch this? 14 game? catches, goodness.
1: Um, yeah, I watched. Uh, I watched the uh, second half, so I didn't see where Mahomes got hurt, but. Um, yeah, that's really the, I'd say that's probably the only reason this game was as close as it was. What yeah. was the 27 17, was the final, or 27 20? 27 20. Um, so I think if he didn't get hurt, they probably win by two touchdowns at least. Yeah. Um, but even a uh, hobbled Mahomes is still better than a uh, Trevor Lawrence. Mm.
0: Well, you know, Trevor Lawrence a little younger, but, uh, but yeah, not by much, I guess.
1: But yeah, I'll, I'll give the Jaguars credit. They, um, Ended up having a pretty good year um, to be able to make the postseason and uh, make it to the divisional round.
0: Oh, yeah. Nine and eight is what they finished. So, uh, yeah, pretty pretty solid considering what came this season. Something before. good. Yeah. So, uh, no. Yeah. What,
1: what a coaching change can do. Let's just say uh, Urban Meyer should never coach again.
0: Definitely not in the pros. And if you're a moral person, somebody that has morals, probably never at any level <laughs> again. Um, <laughs> yeah. Speaking of having no morals. Um, The NFC Divisional, Jalen Hurts and the Eagles just obliterated Giants mercilessly, uh, 38-7. Hurts was 16 for 24, 154 yards, two touchdowns. Daniel Jones, uh, 15 for 27, 135 yards, and a pick. Um, He he was sacked five times uh, for 26 yards. That never helps, um, believe it or not. No. Um, uh, Saquon Barkley, though, 61 yards, nine carries, and uh, Kenneth Gainwell for Philadelphia, 112 yards and a touchdown. Did you watch this game, Justin?
1: Sure did. Um, yeah, I was hoping for a competitive game. Did not get that. Um, I just I don't like the Eagles just because of their fan base. Um, I mean, I, I like Jalen. Um, I think he's done a pretty good job. But I thought maybe the Giants would play a little bit better. But uh, I guess they're uh, – their little one night of glory last week against the Vikings was all they had. So yeah, this was a completely different team. And um, like I said, poor Daniel Jones, when you get getting sacked five or six times, it's hard to have a successful night.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's an understatement. So um, Devontae Smith is a leading rec- a receiver for the Eagles. He had six catches, 61 yards, a touchdown. Dallas Goddard also had a touchdown along on five catches, 58 yards. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, dominant performance by the Eagles. There's not a whole lot more to say about this game, really, besides that they took nope. care of business. Uh, and the Giants finished the season 9-7-1 and seven and one going into the another,
1: season. Uh, even for the Giants, I'd say another uh, good season for them after having, what, three or four wins last year. So Yeah,
0: yeah for sure. So uh, We're not going to talk about the other two NFL games because we are recording this on Sunday morning before those are played, uh, even though this is airing Sunday night. Sorry about that. But uh, we are going to talk a little bit of Alabama and Auburn basketball. Alabama basketball, the number four tied, continued its dominant SEC run with an 85-64 to 64 win over Missouri. Uh, this happened yesterday or Saturday. Noah Clowney and Mark Sears each scored 17 points, and freshman Brandon Miller added 15 points. Eight rebounds and reserve. Javon Kennerly added 13 points. Um Big, big year so far for Alabama basketball. We haven't really got to talk about it with you on the show, Justin, so far. What is your take on 17-2 and two tied so far?
1: Um, well, obviously, you know my thoughts. It's disgusting. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, been a surprise, I guess I'd say. Nobody really expected this. I would highly doubt a lot of Alabama fans expected this as well. Yeah. Um, Kind of reminds me of a start Auburn had last year when because Brandon Miller he plays very similar to uh, Jabari Smith and they've both kind of had a fast start in the SEC. So, you know, my only concern, I guess, if I was an Alabama fan is when you have these quick starts like this, basketball such a long season. You know, would you rather have a quick, fast start to the season and then but kind of drift away? Or would you kind of finally want to get things going once the tournament comes around? So um, that's the tough thing with basketball is being is consistently being good throughout a whole year and taking that to a tournament play. But, um, yeah, I mean, right now I mean, they look like they could make a pretty strong run once the tournament comes around. But, um, yeah, still a long way to go, and they look very good so far.
0: Well, you mentioned Auburn. They also uh, played and got an SEC win with a 81-66 dub, uh, dub over South Carolina. Uh, Johnny Broom had a season-high 27 points, 11 rebounds. Uh, Auburn also got 16 points from Wendell Green and 12 from Jalen Williams in its fifth straight win. So Auburn getting back on track there. They now have the longest um, home-winning... Uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Not... Streak, yes, thank you, streak uh, after uh, after this week as well. So, great, great news for Auburn. They're, you know, uh, still a, a very solid team. I think they're going to continue getting it together, continue improving as the season goes on.
1: Yeah, um, they're farther along than I thought they would be um, to start SEC play because I think they're 6-1 and one now. And that I'm really glad they had that Georgia loss. Or that was their second SEC game. Because since then, they've been a completely different team. And this isn't like the team last year when you can, when you have a star guy like Jabari Smith or Walker Kessler. It's really just a whole group of guys that I think this team is deeper than last year. But, you know, the problem is for this team, that they have great defensive play. But offensively, you know, there's times where they can struggle and they don't shoot the ball very well, especially from three. But if they can continue to dominate paint play, you know maybe they could have a successful run. But you know the issue is most teams that are successful in the postseason are great offensively. You don't really see the defensive teams having a good run. So you know, and they're finally starting to click. I think if Wendell Green can continue playing like he is, he runs the offense perfectly. He's a great point guard. Um, so we'll we'll see if they keep it up. But you know coming up after in February it's it's going to be rough you got Tennessee then at A&M then you got Bama and then the the end of the season you end with Kentucky Bama Tennessee so it, it's going to be a tough run for them but we'll we'll see how they fare out coming up
0: Speaking of tough run, on the flip side of this game, you got to feel for Gregory Jackson the second. He had 30 points and just no help from really anywhere else. I mean, Michi Johnson had 11 points, but outside of that, nobody else even in double digits, so uh, tough. Yeah,
1: South Carolina is just trying to lean on on the one freshman, but other than that, they were (laughs) not very good. Well, we need
0: to move on to
1: our next segment
0: of the show, our weird news segment, Miss Managers peculiar and wonderful and terrible and bad mismanagement and mystery and dreams you never had grizzly or grievous or beavers with cleavers audacity and specialty and used to drive you mad it's
1: a wonder any one of us can manage to survive in a world
0: of world of mismanagers since this is going to be the last mismanagers for some amount of time i thought Let's change it up a little bit. Instead of looking up the news of the week, let's look up the eight strangest things that ever happened in Alabama. I thought this would be fun.
1: <laughs> okay. So
0: this comes from onlyinyourstate.com. A nice little website here. That has a lot of things like this, a lot of articles like this. Um, we're going to look at some of the weirdest things that happened in the state. We'll start with number – I wonder how they count this down. I don't. I don't think these are in any necessary order here, okay? So number one, Hodges Meteorite. In Silicaga, Alabama, on November 30th, 1954, Ann Hodges was napping on her couch. All of a sudden, a softball-sized meteorite broke through the ceiling, bounced off a radio, and finally hit her in the thigh. Surprisingly, Ann survived. Wow. She's also the only confirmed person in history to have been hit by a meteor meteorite. The housewife wacky. Oh, yeah, I think I've heard about this. Yeah, this is crazy. I didn't know. I've heard about this, but I didn't know it was in Alabama. Um, I didn't either. Yeah. The housewife whacking meteorite, as many call it, (laughs) is currently on display at the Alabama Museum of Natural History in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. I've been there, and I guess I missed that meteorite or didn't notice the significance. That is wild. That's crazy.
1: Huh.
0: I'd be so upset if I got hit with a meteorite. But at least you survived. Seriously,
1: yeah. I'm just sitting in my house and I get hit by something like that? (laughs) You better believe I'm going to try to make some money off of it.
0: This is one that, um, a lot of people are familiar with the war of the world's radio hoax. Um, now this goes back a long time, but we're going to talk about it. Uh, the most recent version of it that happened in Alabama in August, 2013 radio station 94.9 thought a mock warning of an alien invasion would receive lots of publicity for a programming change. Unfortunately, it backfired and everything spiraled out of control as listeners in Tuscumbia took it very seriously. Reportedly, many worried parents continuously called the police station, stating their concern about a possible bomb threat, and some even kept their, chi- their frightened children at home. Those children who did attend school were Jeez. terrified so much that police officers had to be dispatched to the schools to settle them down. Uh, Tony Olivus, the Colbert <laughs> County School Superintendent, accused the promotion of being in poor taste, and even though it was just an innocent radio joke blown away out of proportion, Brian Rickman, the program director for the Shoals Radio Group, apologized for the confusion. Wow,
1: yeah, I understand poor taste, but also, how about don't be stupid?
0: Yeah, you know, don't believe everything you hear. But I mean, you know, if it's your kid, weird. Well, you think
1: about people though. Majority of us, we get scared by, by so many things. Yeah, and so there's there's no logic that goes into this. Like, hmm, let me think about this again. Alien invasion, okay? <laughs> huh? Probably not likely. <laughs> So I don't think I'm going to lose my mind. But yes, it is Tuscumbia. So (laughs) that is one of the concerns. Sorry if anybody's listening from Tuscumbia.
0: Have you heard of the Creepy Doll Graveyard in Alabama? Uh, I don't think so. In November 2014, the Autauga County Sheriff's Office recovered 21 dolls from Bear Creek Swamp. These dolls were placed on top of bamboo stakes and then stuck into the swamp. Most of them were made out of porcelain and appeared to be antiques. After social media blew up about the dolls, a few of the deputies paddled around in a canoe to retrieve them to say these dolls were creepy is an understatement. The Otaga County Sheriff's Office felt like there was nothing to worry about because the Rare Creek Swamp area is known for teenagers hanging out at night looking for creatures. I wouldn't care if there's anything to worry about or not. A doll graveyard is beyond creepy, says this writer. Um, they are pretty creepy. They're very, uh, very like 1940s porcelain dolls type of look
1: those are the worst
0: just just stuck through bamboo sticks stakes, and uh yeah interesting do you know that in alabama a rare nasa lunar rover model sold for scrap metal
1: no (laughs) historic
0: lunar rover prototype that was designed for the apollo uh, moon mission was sold to an alabama junkyard for scrap metal Reportedly, it was located in early 2014 by a U.S. Air Force historian. He had spotted it in the backyard of his mother's neighbor's uh, yard. Upon his discovery, he alerted NASA immediately. Unfortunately, before NASA could recover the lunar rover, it was sold to the junkyard after its owner passed away. Supposedly, it was scrapped Jeez. in December 2014. Recently, the scrap dealer made the announcement that the rover is safe and was never scrapped. It has actually been stored away. He plans to sell the rover at auction. That's good, at least. Nice. Yeah. so it's pretty impressive, Rover too. It's 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 got like the the umbrella antenna. It's got the big wheels. Like you, it's the one man kind. Mm. It's Pretty cool.
1: Did it's you good. hear about um, the rocket up in Huntsville that they have that they're gonna have to tear it down?
0: No, I didn't know they're gonna have to tear it down.
1: Yeah, because they said, uh, you know, it wasn't built to last this long to the uh, environment conditions. I thought it was um, just a shell, so I didn't they're know that they're they talk- ran. Well, I don't really know either. I don't understand how, I, I don't get it either, but um, I guess they're planning on tearing it down. Wow. But I don't know if a decision has been made on it yet. Have you, but pe- yeah, people are like, huh, you know, you you couldn't have made something a little more uh, sustainable. It yeah. could have lasted a lot longer.
0: <laughs> Maybe they'll replace it with something. Huntsville's got a lot of money right now. Um, yeah. Have you heard about the Jarrett Diet Subway robberies? No. 18-year-old Zachary Raphael Torrance robbed a total of four Subway restaurants in Birmingham, Midfield, and Adamsville. Security footage showed an overweight man matching Torrance's description robbing the stores. He was wearing bright orange shoes, which would later assist in his identification. Uh, a tip for anyone hmm. that's committing a crime, don't wear a signature piece. Don't wear anything that's easily identified. Uh, there's a reason you're supposed to wear Or don't online. wear the
1: same thing, yet... <laughs> Yeah, don't wear the same thing to every robbery.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that too.
1: Mix it up a little bit. Uh, Torrance
0: was arrested at uh, a Hueytown Walmart after a citizen realized he was the same person from the surveillance footage. When asked why he robbed the Subway restaurants, he told a detective he had been on the, quote, Subway diet, a.k.a. Jared diet. And because it failed, he wanted his money back. Luckily, nobody was injured <laughs> during the string of robberies. Also, uh, Jared uh, from Subway is a pedophile. Convicted one, so that's not good. That's true. Yes. How bad do yeah. you think that realistically hurt Subway's brand? When <laughs> I mean, every time I think of Subway, I think they paid a pedophile millions of dollars. <laughs> so I think about
1: that. I would think it probably hurt initially, yeah. really bad. I mean, they probably still feel it even now because that was years ago. But yeah, just to think you are using this guy—that was your big advertising. Like, hey, I ate at Subway and lost all this weight. Oh, well, and he's a pedophile. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I don't think I want to go eat there. Yeah. Uh, I know. To be honest, I, I think Subway is overrated anyway. It is.
0: It's not good for you. people. It, it promotes itself as this healthy alternative to fast food. It's not good for yeah. you. It's not. Full of crap. It's all yeah. processed, and it's it's carb loaded, and it's it's not good. It's not good for you.
1: Yeah, and that's, it's just not even good. Yeah. I'd rather go get a sandwich from Firehouse or Publix.
0: Yeah, I agree. Uh, do you know about the UFO sightings in Fife?
1: Fife? No, I haven't.
0: On February 11th, 1989, a woman made a call to the Fife Police Department claiming she spotted a strange ob- object in the sky. By the end of the following day, more than 50 residents had claimed to see strange objects flying in the sky. Oh, gosh. to reports the strange object was hovering and was outlined in green. It also contained a bright light in the center. It was bigger than a jet and it was very silent. The silence is what left everyone baffled. The news of these sightings attracted approximately 4,000 tourists and more than 100 news organizations to the tiny town of Fife. Uh, in recent years, there have been other UFO sightings in Fife in addition to other areas of Alabama.
1: See, I'll give it to them. They're smart. They're getting the tourist attraction. They're getting people there. They're like, hey, check, come check out Fife. We're known, we're known for more than just UFO sightings. <laughs>
0: <laughs> also known for, uh, for rampant racism. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, that's just the rest of the state. I shouldn't pick just on five, but, um, uh, uh, this is a, speaking of tourist tourist stuff uh, facing the courthouse window. I'm sure you know about this.
1: Facing the courthouse window. Yeah, the
0: face in the window at the, at the, the courthouse in Pickens County.
1: Oh, yeah. I think I've heard about this. Yeah, so
0: at Pickens County Courthouse in Carrollton, Alabama, a ghostly face appears in the top window. According to legend, the face is of a wrongly accused slave, Henry Wells, who was lynched by a mob after being accused of burning down the previous courthouse. While peering out the courthouse window, lightning struck nearby and etched the image of his face onto the window pane. He warned the people he would haunt them forever, and he's obviously keeping his word I um I remember as a no. kid hearing rumors about this and kids always saying that they replaced the window several times and the face always came back. I don't think that's true. I think that's just some schoolhouse rumors. But uh,
1: well, yeah, but yeah, but the story is interesting.
0: It is. It is for sure. Uh, and the last one, this is everyone knows about this one: the Crichton Leprechaun uh, in Mobile. Um, mm. the Crichton leprechaun also known as the mobile leprechaun. is an urban legend and internet meme involving a leprechaun scene in a tree in Crichton in the area of mobile, uh, following a news report in March, 2006, the Crichton leprechaun rose to international fame. After the news segment was posted to YouTube, the city received lots of media attention. The news segment was one of the first YouTube videos to go viral. And now it has more than 25 million views. And uh, of course, they have the. Say team. what, man?
1: These people are smart. I'll give it to them. They're smart. <laughs>
0: yeah. uh, the amateur sketch was so funny when that first—I mean, it was literally just a drawing of a leprechaun. They're like, "This is what he looked yeah, like." Yeah, in a tree. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guess he would, wouldn't he? He's a leprechaun. Uh-huh. All right. Well, that went a little longer than we needed it to, so we have to go to a break. When we come back, though, we are going to finally get into the awards, the TGME. So stay tuned.
1: You're listening to The Game Managers on WJLX 101.5.
0: Welcome back everyone to The Game Managers podcast. We are about to get into our favorite episode of the year, the TGMEs, where we go through a list of categories. I read out uh, the category and the finalists, and then me and Justin, Justin and I pick a A winner each sometimes we agree sometimes we don't it doesn't matter because this isn't real right
1: that's right none of this exists
0: okay well let's start out as we always do with the america's team award this is the award that goes to the team that the country kind of rallied behind the most we have a few final few solid finalists here uh, if you don't mind me saying so we have tcu who went 13 and 2 uh tennessee who went 11 and 2 Tulane went twelve and two. USC eleven and three. A lot of a lot of uh, hype around them prior to the year. Troy, who went twelve and two, it's a big one around here. And App State, who did go six and six, but they beat Texas A and M and Troy, and that Texas A and M win mm, was a yeah. big one there. So, Justin, who do you think America's team was?
1: Mm, it's a tough one. Um, I want to say it's between TCU and Tulane. Yeah. Um, Probably TCU, though, because I'd say the majority of the country was rooting for TCU to win. I
0: agree. I'm going to say TCU only because they went to the playoff and people wanted them to win it all. Um, yeah, everybody was going yeah. for the Horned Frogs. So I'm going to say TCU as well. TCU, America's team of the 2022-2023 season. Uh, this is my favorite Ooh, award. Way to go, guys. Way to go. Good, good, good work. This is my favorite award coming up. Um, worst hair. We've done this episode three or four times now, and we've had one winner every year. Uh, That was Kirby Smart at Georgia, except for one year. uh, Trevor Lawrence got it for his mustache. Um, So so let's look at the finalists for this year. Once again, Kirby Smart coming in. He's always a solid contender. He's got the weird bowl cut. Uh, He refuses to get rid of it, although we pointed out last year, it's a little better. He's shortened it. It's not as long and thick. Maybe he's, you know, he's his hair is thinning. Either way, it's it's better than it used to be. Would you agree? Or he's or finally listening to us? Yeah. Maybe maybe so. Somebody send him this clip. If you know Kirby Smart personally, send him this clip. Let him know he's won this award three or four times now. Yeah. Um, this is one from a while ago, but Derek Carr's 2022 draft hair. He had that mohawk. Remember Ooh. that? That was bad. Yeah. That um, was rough. And this is this is a bad one. I don't know if you will recognize this one from hearing it you might need to google it justin uh dana holger uh, holgerson at west virginia um he's a coach there he has the balding mullet it's a mullet that is is so thin and the balding at the top oh no yeah i know who you're talking about yeah that's bad that one's because really he's thin. a coach
1: over at houston now
0: yeah yeah
1: um
0: as much as Ooh, i yeah, love this is kind of greasy looking as much as i love giving it to kirby smart every year i've got to give it to holgerson that is, uh, that is atrocious.
1: Yeah, might as well yeah. mix it up a little bit because his, like I said, his is kind of greasy. Look, it know. looks, yeah, it's, it's not like a, uh, it's not like a uh, what's his name over at Oklahoma State a Gundy mullet. No, it's it's thin and it's long and it's it's fragile. Looks like it would looks like a like it's fragile, like a
0: Walking Dead Walker type of hair. That looks like <laughs> terrible, terrible. Okay, well, congratulations, Kirby Smart, for not winning this year. That's it's <laughs> a big one. That's a big. One. That's a big one. win. Keep it up. Keep it up. Uh, Best quarterback of our contenders, Bryce Young at Alabama, Caleb Williams at USC, Hendon Hooker at Tennessee, CJ Stroud at Ohio State, uh, Max Duggan at TCU, and Stetson Bennett at Georgia. Who is the best quarterback of the 2022-2023 season?
1: Um, I mean, I'll go with Williams like everybody else did. I know. I think he gets a little too much hate. I mean, he can't really control that awful defense USC has. Um, I think he has the most potential to have the greatest success in the NFL with just his talent.
0: I think so too. I'm also going to give it to Caleb Williams. I mean, just, you know, it wasn't just him. He had a a solid offense around him, but just to take that USC team and just, I mean, such an improvement you know, with the Lincoln rally in that first year. Yeah,
1: and with that defense they have too. I mean, to go eleven and three, and they should yeah. have won the two lane game. They should have gone twelve and two. Yeah, but um, if they can actually just get a couple of solid defenders, you know, maybe they, they could really have a successful season next year. Oh yeah, for sure. So,
0: Caleb Williams, you win it from both of us. Good on you. Good on you. Um, a lot of great quarterbacks this year, though, even though. Um, not all on great teams. Uh, a lot of, a lot of really solid quarterback play yeah. this year. Uh, less, less solid play in this category this year. Uh, best running back. Um, we had some good running backs, but there wasn't just a lot of standout guy. You didn't have your, you, you know, your, uh, your Heisman type of level caliber guys this year. You had uh vision Robinson at Texas, Blake Corum at Michigan and Chase Brown at Illinois. are The three I picked here. If you can think of another and like two, throw them in, feel free to Justin, but do you have a pick for the top running back.
1: Yeah. I was thinking Quorum with Michigan. He had the best year out of any running back in college football. And, you know, it sucks. He got hurt there, um, towards the end of the year, but he had a fantastic season. Yeah. I I agree with you. I was going to also go Quorum.
0: Uh, yeah, it does suck that he kind of, he got banged up there and, and couldn't, you know, finish out strong. But, um, yeah, great, great year, great solid year. You know, him and Robinson also at Texas, very good running back. But uh, yeah, he had
1: a great career at Texas. He, he's finally going to the draft, isn't he? Uh, I believe so. Yeah. So uh, either one
0: of those guys could have got it. I'll, I'll go with you with quorum though. Um, best wide receiver Jalen Hyatt at Tennessee, Marvin Harrison Jr. at Ohio State xavier hutchinson iowa state who is your best wide receiver feel free to add in any if you can think of some as well
1: yeah definitely hyatt yeah without a
0: doubt yeah, he would
1: probably have even better stats if hooker yeah. didn't get hurt
0: that's why i didn't even really add that many wide receivers it's like it's, it's hyatt it's, <laughs> it's him so uh yeah, an easy choice with the games he had this year yeah so Jalen hyatt yeah huge uh outstanding performance i uh enjoyed watching him play uh Speaking of, of an easy pick, this one is going to be just as easy. Best tied in, uh, Brock Bowers, mm, Georgia. Yeah, let's just go ahead and say it. Yeah, Bowers. Yeah. Don't even list any other name. Okay. Yeah, I don't know that you'd even recognize the other. The others are Sam Laporta at Iowa, and you'd probably recognize, one, recognize this one, Michael Mayer at Notre Dame. But, um, yeah, Brock Bowers, yeah. 100%. Uh, yeah, that's an easy one. There's a few easy ones this year, but uh, that one—that one is an easy one. Justin, would you like to give us your first, your first your uh, first surprise award of the night?
1: Ah, surprise award. Uh, this goes for highway robbery, oh. biggest highway robbery. Okay, and that goes to uh, Brian Harson. Mm. He did a great job of convincing Auburn to hire him just so he can ride off in the sunset for fifteen million. <laughs> so I'll, I'll give it to him. He he did a good job getting that money.
0: yeah. God, that feels like so long ago. I forget that was even this. Season. It sure does. <laughs> it feels like, I know it was like two seasons ago that he was the coach.
1: He's just, uh, he's living the best life right now.
0: Yeah. Yeah, he is. He, uh, I, I follow him on Twitter. He's, he's, I feel like he's, he's aiming for a Georgia job. He keeps retweeting Georgia stuff and commenting on Georgia stuff. I don't know if he's trying to get on with Kirby smart. It's, uh, yeah. I mean, that
1: would be good for him coaching, uh, profile resume wise. Yeah. Um, now Georgia, do you want a guy that doesn't really recruit unless who knows? Maybe he got a different position at Georgia and he's like, I'm going to go all in recruiting. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe. But, um, resume builder wise. Yeah, that would definitely help.
0: Okay. Best offensive line units. Um, this is also an easy one. I only put two choices here, uh, Georgia or Michigan. Georgia.
1: Yeah, I mean, I would go Georgia just yeah. because they had more success. I mean, Michigan's was probably top majority of the season, but with the way things kind of turned out there in the semifinals, yeah, I'd have to go Georgia.
0: Especially with that national championship performance. I mean, Georgia's offensive line was just an animal in that game. Yeah, I mean, Bennett could have taken a nap back there. Yeah. He would have been fine.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah, definitely Georgia. But it doesn't
1: help. They made it so easy. No, I didn't get to talk about this. I'll say it real quickly. TCU's defense, they run run a 3-5-3 or something like that. So they only got three down linemen, and they weren't blitzing very much. So, I mean, obviously he's going to have all day when you have five uh, linemen versus three D linemen coming at you. That made it easy. Yeah.
0: That's true. TCU didn't help themselves in that
1: regard. No.
0: (laughs) Best interior linemen. This can be offensive or defensive, all right? We've got uh, Kalia Kansi, defensive tackle at Pitt. Uh, Peter Skaronski, offensive tackle at Northwestern. And Aluwata I can never say this. Aluwatimi, center at Michigan. I'm going to give it to... I'm going to say his name again. Center at Michigan.
1: Yeah, I'll give it to Michigan. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Not even going to pretend to say that again. Uh, yeah, I think he nope. also won the... The actual uh, college football award for that—I can't remember the name off the top of my head—for best interior lineman—is it the
1: the um, Brahms or something like yeah, that? Yeah, isn't yeah. It?
0: something like that. So um,
1: I don't know; I could be completely wrong. Sounds good to me. We'll give it to him.
0: I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> so, <laughs> sounds good.
1: Yeah, I don't really keep up with my, with a lot of O line or D line awards. Yeah. Uh, this is an
0: award from last year. We've got a, a two. We got a repeat winner here. Uh, largest human. This is the two-time winner, uh, winner Desmond Watson. He won it last year. He was 6'5", 400 pounds. I'm giving it to uh, to him again because when he first arrived at campus, he was four eighty. He dropped to four hundred. He is getting bigger again. He has rose up to six five, four fifteen pounds. Uh, the sophomore defensive end. She, at- this is a Florida guy, isn't it? At Florida, yeah, uh, defensive end. So yeah, I just had to bring that up yeah. again because this guy is getting bigger again somehow. So
1: well. I mean, impressive that he lost eighty pounds. Um, and who knows? Maybe that fifteen pounds he's putting on is just muscle. It probably is. Because um, he's what six five? You said six five.
0: I mean, there's nobody close to him in weight. There's nobody.
1: The next no. the next
0: guy is like three thirty or something like that. Like, there's nobody close. I mean,
1: that, that, And he he moves he moves pretty well too. For a guy that's four hundred fifteen pounds, yeah. The dude's pretty agile. I'll, I'll give him that. I too. don't know
0: anybody else that's four hundred and fifteen pounds that can move at all. So yeah, yeah. You no, know, most of them
1: are stuck to a chair and can't even get up. Yeah. So the fact that he's doing this, it's impressive. Most people that size have a have a TLC
0: show. Yes. <laughs>
1: yeah, <laughs> they're uh, they're in a chair rolling around all day. They're, yeah, they can't get up. Uh, wild. Um,
0: so good for him. Yeah, I want to see him get back
1: up to four eighty, but it'd be pure
0: muscle. Then it'd be great. Um in honor of the great late Mike Leach, we are renaming this next award. It was the most unhinged quote award. We're going to name it the Mike Leach Mouth Award, which I think is fun. So um, that's a good one. We're going to go through here and see the weird quotes of the year. This includes the last offseason and the actual season and pick out our favorites. So first one we have here, Nick Saban's on this a few times this year. Uh, Nick Saban says Tennessee got in what looked like an eye formation last week on the goal line. And our players actually did not know what to do. That is crazy hearing from an Alabama coach. Uh, but yeah. That's-
1: yeah. Considering they were the king of eye formation.
0: Yeah. Uh, this one also comes from Saban. This is a big famous one. Uh, this came in the summer. It's old news, but uh, the feud with Jimbo Fisher, we were second in recruiting last year. AM was first and bought every player on their team made a deal for name, image, and likeness. We didn't buy one player, but I don't know if we'll be able to sustain that in the future because more and more people are doing it. And then the big one here, Jimbo's response, he says, some people think they're God. Go dig into how God did his deal. You may find out a lot of things you don't want to know. I build him, <laughs> we build him up to be the czar of football. Go dig into his past or anybody's that's ever coached with him you find out anything you want to find out what he does and how he does it it's despicable he went on to say that Nick Saban needs to be spanked <laughs> <That's> spanked yeah that's <laughs> one of that's uh, a strong contender <laughs> let's, let's keep going though um Lane Kiffin continuing to pile up on Jimbo Lane Kiffin on losing defensive coordinator DJ Durkin to Texas A&M he said we got outbid kind of a common theme with that program so just laying it on top of <laughs> No. Uh, this is TCU coach Sonny Dykes referencing the nickname of Ricky Stewart, owner of a Texas fast food chain, when asked if the fans' hostility bothered him in his return to play against former school SMU. Uh, not really. If I can't do that, I need to go work for Ricky Chicken at Chicken Express. Okay. There you go. <laughs> uh, this is Middle, state, Middle Tennessee state coach Rick Stockstill, a Florida state grad, in a radio interview um after the blue raiders beat miami 45 to 31 they ran for 195 yards against texas a&m the number whatever team in the country they ran for 68 against us they averaged 1.6 yards per carry they gave us 1.5 million dollars but they got 1.6 yards per carry you know it's just i don't know where that came from what a flex it's a good flex (laughs)
1: that was pretty good
0: this is uh Ron Abertelli, former owner of the South Carolina mascot Big Spur, who is upset that the new mascot handlers, Beth and Van Clark, do not trim the comb, the little red thing on the top of the rooster's head.
1: Oh my God! A chicken
0: is a chicken, but a fighting Gamecock is something different. This is dumbing down the Gamecocks. Whenever a new coach goes to a school that's been struggling, you always hear a statement similar to, you've got to change the culture. I don't know what culture in our day and age means, but it means making a Gamecock look like a chicken or not hurting him because it might make the chicken feel good. It's not preserving what we've built. This is dumbing down our culture. Why do you care?
1: <laughs> Why do you care? I don't, I don't know.
0: I don't know if I can say this one on the radio. I'm going to say it. I may have to censor it. All right. Um, this is Pat Narduzzi's response to being asked, About trying to pass with 21 seconds left at the end of the second quarter. Are you ready? Ready. I'm a dumb, Jerry. That's
1: it. Oh, that's That's it. it. That's it. Uh, Hey, at least he was honest. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, to, to
0: round it out here, the Brian Kelly fake LSU accent um oh gosh I so what is our one. winner what is the most unhinged quote i
1: think it's man i think it's, i think i still gotta go with jimbo and yeah. spanking nick saban i mean <laughs> yeah. that's hard to beat
0: i agree that's the clear winner i know it's forever ago and the but... fact
1: that all that was said and then just nothing else happened after jimbo's <laughs> kind of like oh you know uh, we're kind of made up we uh we're fine now we're good <laughs> so stupid
0: so stupid all right, got go to go through these next uh, next awards a little faster here. Uh, best defensive end, we've got Caleb Murphy, Ferris State. That is a D2 uh, school, but he is fantastic. Devon Harris at Not Wyoming, it's... Miles Murphy at Clemson, and Tyree Wilson at Texas Tech. i got to give it to Caleb Murphy. He plays like a great D1 player, um, the best player in D2. Yeah, if you're on this list as a D2
1: player, I'd say so.
0: Yeah, so I'm going to give it to him.
1: i will go with him as well.
0: Nice. uh best linebacker will Anderson jr. at Alabama Jack Campbell at Iowa Drew Sanders at Arkansas or Jamon Dumas Johnson at Georgia. Um, maybe I'm a homer, but I think the clear choice is will Anderson jr
1: yeah, even though he was kind of he'd been silent in those big games yeah um, but yeah I'll, I'll go with him now Justin I'll would you like to Anderson.
0: do would you like to do your second
1: award of the day? Sure. All right um I guess mine and I gosh I hate saying this for this team as well but um the start of a new dynasty mm. I'm going to give that to Georgia yeah I mean you win two in a row first uh, team to do that in the playoffs to win two in a row um and of course in the last team that did that was Alabama in 11 and twelve so right. could be a changing of the of the uh of the tide mm. as I say that I don't know. Yeah. Um. They've been saying this for years, though. But, I mean, Georgia, I, I guess the first team to finally back it up and say, hey, we can win two in a row. Yep. Heck, we could probably go win another one this year. Probably. Um. So, but, you know, it's hard to predict these things. And I know Alabama will probably be, of course, they're going to have the talent as well like they always do. So, we'll see if anybody else can just compete with them. How about that? <laughs> Good luck. Uh. But, yeah, we will keep an eye on it. No. Uh. Best
0: defensive back, Travius Hodges-Thomason at TCU. Clark Phillips III at Utah and Devon Witherspoon at Illinois. I'm going to give it to Tomlinson at TCU.
1: I'm going to give it to the Illinois guy. Okay, Witherspoon. Illinois had a great, yeah, they had a great uh, defensive year and a very surprise year as well.
0: Uh, best kicker, Christopher Dudd at NC State, Joshua Carty at Sanford, or Jake Moody at Michigan? I'm going to go Moody. Oh, Moody, yeah. definitely. Yeah, easy one there too as well. This is a fun one. This one of mine. College football's all-name team. We did this last year, so anybody that was on it last year did not make it back. So, like Tank Big those guys, uh, General Booty, those guys will not be on it this year. These are all new General names. General uh, But let's go through these. For the quarterback position, we got Gunnar Watson at Troy. Good name. Nice. Uh, running back, Zay Zavian Valaday, Arizona State. Jeez. That's with an X. Uh, and a Z, <laughs> oh, of course, it is. Uh, tied in this is a good one, Maximilian Mang at Syracuse. I like that.
1: Ah, oh, nice, Maximilian.
0: This is a famous one, but he 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 has to make it. He didn't make it last year because he wasn't playing. Wide receiver, Dakotas Crawford, Nebraska. Uh, great, oh, name.
1: that's right. Yeah, I forgot about him. Uh, the coldest to ever do it, Crawford.
0: <laughs> that's right. That's right. Offensive lineman, we got Tiger Shanks at UNLV. Okay. Uh, this is a insane one. This is a defensive lineman. Shitta Silla. Boston College. It's spelled right. like you think it'd be. Uh, so Yeah. <laughs> All right. Linebacker Ormondell Dingle. Central Michigan. Dingle. <laughs> or oh, no. Ormondell. Uh defensive back. This is a good one. Storm Duck, North Carolina.
1: What a stupid name. Storm Duck. <laughs>
0: And for kicker positions, Jeez. we have Casey Leg, West Virginia. You probably heard of him, the Leg. Yeah, I'm surprised you
1: didn't put um, Kool Aid on there.
0: Yeah, uh, I think he, t- I think he made last year's, even though he wasn't playing. I saw oh, did it, he? Yeah, okay, so I didn't put him back on here. But uh, good stuff all around. Yeah, if if we didn't put him on there, Kool Kool Aid deserves to be there too. So uh, very good. Uh, best punter we got Adam Korzak at Rutgers. Mason Fletcher at Cincy. Brass Beringer at Michigan I don't know uh, I guess Beringer
1: yeah uh, yeah the Michigan guy seems like they got <laughs> great special teams over there
0: okay here we go biggest disappointment this is a good one there's a clear winner uh, but we'll, we'll go through all these anyway uh, Alabama with two losses Georgia being more dominant than they were the previous year uh, TCU making the play uh, losing in the you know in the national championship Michigan losing in the playoffs. Florida going six and six, Houston going seven and five, Miami going five and seven, Michigan State going five and seven, or the clear winner, Texas A and M going five and seven after having the number one recruiting class.
1: <laughs> yeah, um, it's definitely A and M. Now I, I also want to point out too that Michigan State also has just given you know they just gave a, what's his name a huge extension there, and then they yep. go five and seven. So. Yep. Um, that one's not talked about as much as it should be, but yeah, A and M clearly with the number one recruiting class and the hype that went to them, and heck, there's probably going to be more hype into them this season because now you have these recruits starting to develop, and they're they probably have another good recruiting class, don't they? Top ten, yeah. So I think so. So I mean, this is when you get into the question of, hey, Jimbo goes six and six this year. Do you fire him? Hmm. I'm sure it's it's being discussed. So, so you know, I sure hope so. I hate him. He's so annoying. Justin, would you like to give your third award of the day? Oh, third one. Mm, this one I was going to do. Um, I guess a coach that um, was on his way out for not being so annoying, but he comes back and he's right back in the conversation again. And you probably know this one. That'd be Dabo Sweeney. Mm. I thought this year was a little better. Yeah. But then I guess it was the um, comments made after they lost the uh, Orange Bowl, I guess, saying um, something about Clemson and um, how disappointing they've been and are they on the way out. He's like, oh, we've won uh, how many Just blah, 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 ACC titles. And uh, I don't know. I guess it's just the way he set up. Yeah. But it's like, huh, yeah. A Lot of competition in ACC. You're really <laughs> struggling there, aren't you? To win some titles. Um, Lost those coordinators. So, uh, they've been struggling ever since. Yeah. So now I will give now they got the uh, O C from TCU, oh um, yeah. Lincoln Riley's brother. So that may be a pretty good one. Probably. And especially with uh, the quarterback they have. Um this could be their year to finally get things back on track. I don't know.
0: Well, let's look at the best game of the year. That's always a fun one. We have Michigan defeating Ohio State 45 to 23, Tennessee defeating Alabama 52 to 49, TCU defeating Baylor 29 to 28, LSU defeating Alabama 32 to 31, or Utah defeating USC 43 to 42. As much as I hate it as an Alabama fan, Tennessee Alabama game what's the best game of the year.
1: Yeah, I was going to say that. Now the best finish I would say um Gosh, because they both ended on a game-winning field goal. But the way TCU, they ran the ball 15 seconds, then ran the field goal team out, and then perfectly executed, um, that with no timeouts, kicked it, and as the time expired, beautiful. I had never seen something so perfectly put together. And with so much of a time crunch, no pressure, did it great. But, yeah, the uh, Tennessee-Alabama game, was uh, that was fantastic. Oh, yeah, for sure.
0: Uh, saddest fan base of the 2022-2023 season. Was it Alabama, Auburn, Michigan, or the clear winner, Texas A&M?
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Auburn's been sad for um, since 2010. <laughs> or, yeah, I mean, well, after 2010, yeah. since we won the national championship. I'll give 13 in there because that was a good year. But, um, yeah, A&M for sure because I know those fans were – Riding high, thinking, oh, man, this is the year. We're finally going to do it. We're going to make it to the SEC championship. Nope. (laughs) Can't even make it to a bowl (laughs) game. Coach of the year. Sonny
0: Dykes at TCU. Kirby Smart at Georgia. Jim Harbaugh at Michigan. Willie Fritz to Lane. Or Josh Hupel at Tennessee. Um, Sonny Dykes is a a good pick, but I'm going to have to give it to Josh Hupel at Tennessee.
1: Yeah, I want to say him just because of how how quickly he's turned Tennessee around into – highly competitive team. I mean, they really had a shot of making the uh, playoffs. Just had a couple of that South Carolina game was brutal, but, um, but I think I'm going to go with a uh, Tulane coach. Okay. I mean, they had two or three wins last year, terrible team. And then you take them and beat USC and win the cotton ball. I gave them no shot to win the cotton ball. So yeah. that was huge.
0: That was, that's a good pick. I like, I like uh, Willie Fritz there at Tulane and final award of the day of the year. Best player, is it Bryce Young at Alabama, Will Anderson Jr. at Alabama, Caleb Williams at USC, Stetson Bennett at Georgia, C.J. Stroud at Ohio State, Max Duggan at TCU, Hendon Hooker at Tennessee, or Blake Corum at Michigan?
1: Hmm, i got to give it to Stetson Bennett. <laughs> You're a lunatic.
0: You're a lunatic. Uh,
1: no, Caleb Williams, but yeah, um, I, I guess good on Bennett for – doing his job and uh, he played great in yeah. the playoffs say, and doing it and doing both, it as both well seasons. as he could.
0: So, I mean, fantastic yeah. performance. So, yeah. But yeah, Caleb Williams. I agree. Uh, Justin, would you like to do a very quick professor night? or Would you like to skip it altogether this week?
1: Sure. I'll just do a little quick one. Okay. I mean, you don't even have to do the introduction. No, let's do it. All right, students, gather round and put on your listening ears. It's time to visit the Learning Corner with Professor Knight. What are we learning today, Professor? Well, as you all know, I love my history, and I thought this was cool. This happened, this was January 17th, and the year is 1950. So Boston thieves pull off historic Brinks robbery. So have you heard about this? I don't think so. So on January 17, 1950, 11 men, still more than 2 million, which would have been 29 million today, from the Brinks Armored Car Depot in Boston. It was the perfect crime, almost, as the culprits were, they weren't they were caught until January 1956, but what sucks for them, it was just days before the statute of limitations for the theft oh, expired. No. So they were so close from getting away from it, but still got caught. Wow. And let me see if I can find real quick how they got caught. That's so Um, unfortunate. It says, no one was hurt in the robbery. They left virtually no clues aside from the rope used to tie the employees and one of the uh, chauffeur's caps. Uh, They said they they promised to stay out of trouble and not touch the money for six years in order for the statute of limitations to run out. Wow, they were smart about it. So one man... Joseph O'Keefe left his share with another member in order to serve a prison sentence for another burglary. Uh, While in jail, O'Keefe wrote bitterly to his cohorts, demanding money and hinting he might talk. The group sent a hitman to kill O'Keefe, but he was caught before completing his task. Mm. The wounded O'Keefe made a deal with the FBI to testify against his fellow robbers. Wow. So eight of the robbers were caught, convicted, and given life sentences. Two more died before they could go to trial. Only a small part of the money was ever recovered. <laughs> the rest is fabled to be hidden in the hills north of Grand Rapids, Minnesota. Wow.
0: That's a great story and so unfortunate.
1: It, yeah, I know how, quick, how close they were, but of course, there's always that one yep. that's going to talk and they couldn't get to him. But wow. the fact yeah, that they were able to pull this off and leave nothing behind, pretty smart on their part, but yeah. just didn't quite get there.
0: Well, very good. That was that was one of my favorite uh, Professor Knights. Very solid one. Very good.
1: Thanks. You're welcome. Okay,
0: well, let's finish off the episode with some listener letters. Go getters, write letters. We're the ones who read them. Please don't stop writing and to fill the time we need them. We are reading letters. The letters wrote by you. We are reading letters. The le- letters wrote by you. If you'd like to write us a letter... I don't know when we'll read them, but you can at Game Manager Spot at gmail.com. Yeah, we, we just we'll just go to the trash <laughs> or at TG and Pod, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Be sure to follow us there so you can keep up with what our our evolving show is going to look like. Now, Justin, last week I asked for everyone to send in all of their letters if they had one, because you know maybe it could be the last time we do letters. Who knows? So we got we got a good. I picked a, a good amount. I picked uh, my four favorites here. And we're going to go through these very quickly because we are running out of time. Uh, the first one comes sure from are. Daryl. He says, will you continue releasing content online while off the air? Uh, this is something we've talked about. Yes, we're going to bring back our, our other show, Ranked: the most iconic years in sports history. We're going to pick oh, up. Oh, brother. Yeah.
1: <laughs> you like that one. You like doing that one. Yeah. Yeah, that one's good because it's, it's a quick one. It's also more popular. And it's... Um, yeah. That's true, and yeah, people like that more just to figure out what happened in those years. Yeah, so uh, definitely check that out. I think we're going to do those
0: once a month. So um, check those out, and we will. Uh, those are thirty-minute episodes, very quick, very short. Learn a little bit of yeah. sports history. I like doing those. Um, thank you for uh, Daryl for the message, by the way. Great question, uh, Dave. Who he says? Who is your prediction for next year's national champion? Uh, way too early, but if I had to guess, I would yeah. say probably Georgia or Alabama, <laughs> one of those two.
1: I'm going to go uh, USC. Okay, yeah, I like that. I like that pick. It's possible. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess it's possible. Sure. <laughs> uh, John,
0: he writes us. Um, I asked for some listener love advice, Justin, and we got some from John. And um, this is this is a dark one. <laughs> to be honest. No, no, uh, John writes, um, Hey guys, kind of personal. Uh, I'm going to leave his last name off of this because, uh, it is personal. I've actually changed his first name. His name's not actually John. Uh, my wife wants an open marriage. I do not. How do I go about this? We've been married for three years. I'm in, like intimacy. I don't want a divorce, but I refuse to have an open marriage.
1: Oh, an open marriage. My gosh. Yeah.
0: Um, here's my thing. Um, not everybody thinks this way, but I think that's an incredibly disrespectful thing to ask of someone. Um, and I think that's possible. Uh, sorry, read it again. So who asked that? The wife wants an open marriage.
1: Oh, yeah. I'd say uh, see you later. You're for the streets. Well, they've also
0: only been married for three years. That's not a long time to be losing intimacy. I think um, that's, that's divorce-worthy. <laughs> <laughs> you
1: know? Oh, I would say so. I yeah. want that. Goodness. I'm not going to tell
0: you to get a divorce.
1: Uh, I say, uh, I say, hit the road <laughs> and uh,
0: see you later. I'm not. I'm not going to tell somebody to get a divorce, but definitely um, talk about that and talk to a therapist and figure out why she wants that. That's not. That's not something I would personally be comfortable with. I know some people are. Um, no, absolutely not. I would rather
1: no, be single. No, unless unless you're Mormon, maybe. That may fit better. But um, if you're not Mormon, then it probably doesn't really make much sense. Mm. Well, uh, I'm sorry, John. I wish we had time to give you more
0: advice. I, I hate that. I um...
1: I think it's pretty straightforward. <laughs> Get out of there. Run.
0: And our, our last email of the day. Thanks for the show, guys. Can't wait to see what is next for y'all. Comes from Sam. Thank you, Sam. Very nice uh, email. Hey, thank you, Sam. Yeah. We will keep you updated, like we said, on what we do next on, uh, at TGM pod, the game managers podcast at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, go there, follow us. We will show you everything we plan to do and where it will be. Um, but until then, I just want to thank everybody for listening. We've done this for three, three or four years now, Justin, a long time. And I've had a lot of fun doing Pretty it. Pretty crazy thing. Yeah, it really is. And, um, it's been, yeah, cause, uh,
1: the first year we did it was, uh, yeah, it was 19 when, um, uh, yeah. Uh, Bo mm-hmm. Nix was a freshman starting, so I remember, oh, man, those are some frustrating games watching that <laughs> offense. So, yeah, that it has been about, yes, coming up on four years. Yeah, so
0: which is wild because we never thought that we'd make it this far. We never thought it would be on the radio. Um, no, yeah. And it's been, it's been a lot of fun. So, you know, I, I don't want to see the show go away entirely, but it does have to unfortunately change just because of our schedules. But thank you, you know, everyone for – for sticking with us for so long and, and listening weekly and being there when we take some weeks off we, and coming back, we, we, you know, we really do appreciate it and uh, it's been a lot of fun.
1: Yeah. So. yeah thank y'all for listening and um, for making the show fun. Yeah, action actually having people listening to us, I never thought anybody would really want to listen to me ramble on. I can't even barely get a sentence off sometimes. <laughs> so I appreciate y'all well, listening to our sports takes, which we know nothing about sports. We just try our, our best to talk about it. But um, yeah, this has been a lot of fun. We've enjoyed it. So um, I think it'll be even more enjoyable taking a little bit back. So you are just waiting for those next episodes. Mm. Like, man, I can't wait for him to drop that one episode. <laughs> just clamoring for it. Well,
0: thank you again, right. everyone until next time, Justin, would you like to give us one last classic catchphrase for the time being?
1: Hey, you know how it goes here. Auburn fans basketball, Let's keep it going. We're looking good. Keep your hopes up there. Let's see what happens. But as always, hey, we're anyways.
0: Blue 42! Blue 42! Hut, hut, hike!
1: Thank you for
0: listening to The Game Managers. Like the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Pod. Until next week, goodbye, adios, and sayonara.